The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best. Best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday show on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. Welcome back to the Saturday show. Hour two of the program underway now. Yawk and Lundy along for the ride. Hope you guys are having a great 4th of July weekend wherever you might be. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about name, image, and likeness here. And I'm looking forward to this, but I wanted to answer a question quick that came in from our good friend Scooterberg. He says, are the Utah Jazz going to have an NBA draft party at Vivint Arena this year? Uh, I'm assuming so, Scooter, but I have not heard anything officially. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything either. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope so, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. All right, so let's continue our conversation about name, image, and likeness now. We're going to let you guys hear, uh, you the listeners, hear from two uh, parts of two interviews that were conducted on the Zone Sports Network earlier this week. John Hartwell is the athletic director up at Utah State University in Logan. Tom Homo is the BYU athletic director down there in Provo. Both of them appeared on the station earlier this week, Hartwell with Hans and Scotty, uh, Homo with uh, DJ and PK in the morning, and just kind of a heads up, those of you Utah fans feeling a little left out, Mark Harlan is scheduled to join DJ and PK next week. So just be aware of that. Uh, but let's start now uh, with John Hartwell's comments. Uh, he was with Hans and Scotty talking a little about what the nuances of NIL and how to kind of navigate this as a university. Yeah, so so it's interesting because uh, as as a lot of your listeners uh, have have been following this to some extent, uh, you've you've got some individual states, including uh, New Mexico, where uh, there's legislation that is going into effect tomorrow that that in essence allows name, image, and likeness and. You know, the NCAA basically came out last week and said, well, hey, there's no uh, uniform uh, legislation out there, whether at the NCAA level or at the, uh, you know, at the federal level through Congress. And so we're going to adapt kind of a hybrid. You know, those states that that have legislation that goes into effect tomorrow, uh, those are the guidelines you got to follow those that don't have that legislation, which uh, our great state of Utah does not, uh, it's a little broader parameter. So, um, you know, it, it's none of us have all of the answers. This is uh, this is waiting in, in new waters for all of us. And, you know, it's uh, I hate to say it's a, a trial and error thing. But, uh, you know, what what we're trying to do here at Utah State is is put some pretty broad parameters on it uh while you know i I think the the thing that's really important for all of us to do is to protect the amateur model of collegiate athletics trying to allow 
you know, student athletes to to have opportunities at at making money uh, that other students have the ability to do, while at the same time still protecting the amateurism of it. And oh, by the way, you know, you've got this whole thing about uh, donor and booster involvement, and and how how do we uh, keep it from going off the rails in terms of it becoming the wild, wild west. And, you know, anybody can, you can do anything you want to. So, uh, there, there's a lot to, uh, lot to unwrap there. And, you know, every, uh, and, and we've had countless meetings about it, uh, continue to, to evolve in our process. In fact, uh, got another one this afternoon with, uh, you know, my executive staff and then our university legal counsel, as well, trying to make sure that those parameters are there. And I think no matter what any institution does or no matter what any state law or federal legislation does, there are going to be one-offs and nuances that we're all going to have to, to figure out, you know, over the course of the next few months. With all the unknown of it, it, it opens up so many questions, John, and I, I think it, it is only creating more confusion for me and Scotty just trying to figure this out. I, I want to set a scenario in uh, – and, and kind of get your thoughts on this. Let's say, you know, I'm a big recruit coming out of Idaho, uh, one of Idaho's tops and, and on the top of your list, and I come into Logan. Logan's got a lot of great companies. I've got Icon Fitness is up there. I, I love Cash Valley Cheese. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of their cheese. Let's say <laughs> I come in as a recruit, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm signed. And can let's say Cash Valley Cheese comes to me and says, hey, we, we want you to be a spokesperson for us or – we want you to rep our gear, and we're going to give you $10,000 a year to do so. Starting tomorrow, am, am, I able to, am I able to take that money I don't know. And, and start representing Cash Valley Cheese? So he, here are the nuances to that. Uh, and so um, let's just say this, this prize recruit from or signee from Idaho uh, is named John Doe. John Doe could theoretically do that, but if John Doe is a Utah State signee uh, or student athlete, John Doe could not do that in Utah State apparel. Um, you know that that's and and that's as of today. There there's still some question about that about how that goes forward, but John Doe student athlete. Uh, standing on their own, you know, without, you know, just wearing generic clothes to do that. Uh, John Doe in Utah State apparel uh, could not necessarily do that. Uh, and that, that's one of the things that, you know, the NCAA has tried to say is, is hey, you, you cannot, uh, you know, utilize your university's marks as part of this. So, so that's one component of it. The other component is, um, you know, is Cash Valley Cheese, is that a corporate sponsor of Utah State? Uh, you know, and if, if that individual gets $10,000, then is, is uh, Cash Valley Cheese going to come back to Aggie Sports Properties, who does our, you know, uh, multimedia rights are they going to come back to them and said you know again and and this is all hypothetical well instead of paying you fifty thousand dollars a year instead of paying aggie sports properties fifty thousand dollars a year uh, for corporate sponsorships 
that's all we have in our budget in total. We're paying John Doe ten thousand, so we're only going to pay you forty thousand, which obviously would have a financial impact on, on the athletic department. So there there are wow a lot of nuances to to work out with that, and you know that's one example. The whole other example, you know, we are a uh, a, a Nike school, so across all of our teams, we wear Nike apparel and footwear. If all of a sudden you know, you have John Doe come in and he, you know, ever since, uh, you know, AAU days of seventh, eighth, ninth grade, he's been uh, outfitted in Adidas apparel. And he says, hey, I want to wear Adidas apparel. Obviously, Nike would have a challenge with, you know, an issue with that. And, and arguably, if you're uh, uh, most marquee student athlete or one of your most marquee student athletes is wearing something – different than what um you know the the institution's uh, footwear and apparel agreement is uh that could cause some challenges too so all of those things are are examples of of again waters we have not navigated and we're going to have to uh wade our way through that there you go john hartwell and very interesting to hear him talk about that. And there will be things to navigate, as he says, because the apparel deals are going to be a massive issue because Nike schools, Adidas schools, Under Armour schools, uh, whatever it might be. But I have one qualm with what he's talking about, the whole Cash Valley hypothetical, the Cash Valley cheese hypothetical. Well, if we have a $50,000 deal and they say, well, we're only going to give 10000 to this athlete, only 40000 to us. I don't – okay. I have a hard time feeling bad for the institutions in this regard because it's my personal opinion. I think Cash Valley Cheese will find money for both, and you take what you get. You're, you're, are you going to go burn that bridge with that corporate sponsor over them potentially cutting up the pie a little more? Right. You know, and it's it's the kind of thing where look, I, I and I would understand from the university side if it were in the middle of a contract. Sure. Where they said, well, we're actually not going to pay you this anymore. But I know that they, you know, like if they're contractually bound, then obviously the university is just going to flex that contract and be like, no, you still owe us. You have to, you know, if you want to pay him 10000 you got to do it on top of that. Um, but if it comes time and they're renegotiating the contract, then, yeah, the university can say, you know, okay, cool. We're, we're cool with this 40000 or you need to match this. Or they can just go find another partner yeah. that will pay them that amount or more. I mean, it's just, you know, sure. You know, I know that some people probably aren't super happy with the thought of all of the business side of college athletics and, oh, it's going to turn into a business. Well, guess what? It's kind of been a business for a long <laughs> time now. It makes billions of dollars. Come on. There you go. Eric, you said you had a thought. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that's crazy what he said. I think well, businesses I, yeah. could look at that and say, we can find cheaper deals with athletes than we can with schools. Well, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying this for him to throw that out there, if I'm a student athlete, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go get that money, and you can pound sand, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but it does – that will hurt the athletic department because that sure. money that they're getting from Cash Valley Cheese, hypothetically – is going towards non, you know, big two sports in men's college basketball and well, men's college football. It's a state school being subsidized by student fees right now. 
So that's another right, but also <laughs> a, a portion of their athletic department's fees have to go towards the programs that yeah that they I'm, run. I'm, I'm, uh, the revenue sports definitely provide the the, the funding for the non revenue sports. I know, but, I, you I, know, it's it's the kind of thing where look if 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 you're taking a a twenty percent pay cut from one of your sponsors, you'll survive. Yeah, that like that doesn't you know drop any of your income from TV deals, from ticket sales, from apparel sell. You know, it's 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 really going to be you know to me it sounds like it's actually a pretty small piece of the pie that they'd be losing out on in that hypothetical situation. Now, if it snowballs and cascades out of control, which it can, I think I don't think it's likely, but it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, you know, that is something that they would need to you know, at that point be concerned about. And I'm sure that, you know, because these are all just interim policies, I'm sure that these discussions will be had if they're not being had already. Yeah, no, there's going to be plenty. Um, in the interest of time, I'm going to move forward and play some stuff from Tom Homo here. Uh, so Tom Homo joined DJ and PK. This was on Thursday morning, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, very interesting thoughts from him. And he was very upbeat about the potential for name, image, and likeness for BYU student athletes. They actually announced their Built for Life program that they're that's going to be part of the NIL is going to be part of it. It's kind of the the cornerstone of it. They actually announced that at their media day. To BYU's credit, they've been ahead of this. They've been getting ready for it. And they they knew it was coming. Well, he talked about just the kind of how the opportunities early on here because what we were July third. It became quote-unquote legal to make money July 1st. So it's still very, very early on in this. But he, had, he talked about those opportunities for BYU's student-athletes. What jurisdiction or power or influence and all that stuff is the university going to have over kids as they start to go? Because we've seen already a couple on social media basically say, hey, I'm available, let me help you. <laughs> um, it's a very good question. We feel that it's our responsibility to help educate them and train them. There's ways we can do that. I think a lot of these young people are in for a, a great learning experience, which will come with some good experiences and some really tough experiences. Right now, that's what we're trying to do with Built for Life, is to accelerate programs that will help them learn how best to deal with these types of opportunities to make money. Uh, as you two and I know who have been at this for a long time, the best way is not to say, hey, come, I'm available, come get me. You graduate, you get a great degree, you go out and get a good job, and you go to work five days a week from nine to five. That's how you start making money. From there, you know, maybe some creativity, some good breaks, some good uh, elbow grease, and you, you makes a, a, a bigger amounts of money. But I think the key thing is trying to help them understand and prepare them for a job. So do you have companies already contacting your kids or your coaches and administrators? Are you already hearing from the community about wanting to get on board with this? I mean, BYU is a pretty powerful brand, but it's especially a pretty powerful brand within 10 or 20 miles of campus. Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes, 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 but in minimal um, opportunities. Some of our um, some people's companies in the state have come to us ahead of time. We're friends with them and said, hey, we would like to be involved in this. We think that we could use a few athletes, and we'd like to, in advertising. 
that's something that's kosher. You can work. You can make that work. I think there's other people that are not coming to us, and they're just going right to the athletes, which is legal. That's fine. The issue that's really it's hard for us to deal with is we're. I feel like I, mean, I love these kids, and we're with them a lot. We have a lot to do with their growth and development during this period of time in their lives. And I just know that there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there that are going to take advantage of them. And that's why I'm saying with Built for Life and with the things that we're going to do with NIL behind the scenes, not just seeing how much money they can make, but we're trying to prepare them for these experiences that they are going to have if they get involved. Some are going to be great. And some are going to be really bad. Some interesting thoughts there from Tom Homo. And I, I actually appreciate what he's saying there. They, they want these student-athletes to understand the ramifications of what they're going with. Because there's now tax implications for the money they're going to make. Like There's a lot that these student-athletes that they – they're seeing, uh, I think, a little bit – myopic is probably the wrong term, but it's just a very narrow view right now. Like, ooh, I can make money. And I think guys like Tom Homo, the athletic departments themselves, these, these administrators at Utah State, Utah, BYU, et cetera, they can say, hey, Kate, yes, you want to make money. We get that. But also understand, here are the ramifications of what you're doing. Yeah, I think that, you know, he, he brings up a lot of good points, and – you know, I think a lot of this stuff will be discussed as they work towards a more permanent set of guidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, as we've said multiple times, these are just the interim. Yeah. Um, but whether it's Congress, whether it's the NCAA themselves, there are some things that I think can be and should be addressed. I thought it was interesting that he talked about, you know, some advertising partners will come to the university and say, hey, we want to use some of your athletes. Sometimes they'll go directly to the athletes themselves. Um, you know, and I think that that kind of creates an interesting potential issue. Um, you know, especially when you consider that. You know, in in BYU's case, they there are specific NIL rules for what kinds of products they can and cannot endorse, mm-hmm. and if they're going directly to the student athlete, enforcement of that becomes a little bit tougher. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean, it doesn't become impossible because they're likely posting it on their social media and all you have to do is monitor their social media and make sure that there's no, uh, you know, substances or beverages or things like that that are non-BYU approved that are showing up on there. Um, But yeah, he, he brought up a lot of interesting points that kind of have my brain turning now about, okay, well, yeah, here are some potential loopholes. Here's some kind of flaws in the system that I'm sure will get addressed. And they're going to be exploited. Yeah. They're like trust me. There are people out there who have very ill intentions that are going to go after some of these athletes and as Tom said, some of them are going to be great interactions, other ones are going to be bad. And also later on in that interview, by the way, you can listen to both those interviews, go to 1280thezone.com. You can hear the entirety of both of them or just find them podcast why search out Hands and Scotty or DJ and PK in the morning on your podcast provider of choice. You can listen to the entirety of those conversations. But he later on in that interview, he said that there are going to be some lessons learned here. There are going to be hard lessons for these student-athletes. They're going to yep. get in with somebody that is going to do something, and they're going to, ha- they're going to learn a lesson from that. Yeah. And it's you're trying to guide them. Because like, like you said, they're, and trust me, 
I know people who are going straight to the student-athletes. They're cutting the university out of it completely. And I also get why they're doing it, but at the same time, these student-athletes, they've got to be smart. Yeah, and I think that one of the considerations that they you know, maybe should build into the NIL rules or maybe it's a university-by-university university process, but you know, build in some kind of mandatory athletics department-sponsored meeting mm-hmm. on – here are some of the financial implications of what you're doing. You know, we're going to teach you financial literacy. We're going to, we want to make sure that you're prepared. Yeah. And, you know, maybe even just make it a required class for all athletes, you know, each university. We're going to teach you these kinds of things. You're going to get graded based on this. And, you know, I think that those kinds of things could help the athletes out in the long run if the universities decided to to offer it as a, a form of protection of their own athletes. And I and I can tell you this much. I do know that BYU has been having meetings like that, and they will continue to. They And I'm sure every other athletic department out there is going to do mm-hmm. it because there's liability concerns on all sides of this issue. Yeah. And you want these student-athletes to be as smart as possible because, like as you mentioned earlier on today, there are still rules in place. This is not just a free-for-all. This is not a frenzy where you can – Hey, ex-athlete over here, star quarterback, I'm going to give you $10,000 because I want to give you $10,000. No, there's got to be a trade. Like it, there's it's not just pay for play. Right. So yeah, it's I mean, you know, there's a lot of hurdles to go over and, you know, a lot of different kinds of things. I still maintain that this is a very positive development. I think yeah. this is a great thing overall. Um, and, you know, and anybody that's pointing out and saying, "Well, look at all these loopholes, open up potential problems. There's always going to be loopholes. If you're if you don't think that the old system had loopholes, <laughs> then you weren't looking very closely. Your, your, your head's buried in the sand. Yeah. And so whether people are exploiting loopholes or if they're outright cheating, cough cough, Arizona State. Um <laughs> among others. Yeah. Among others, they're just the most recent and notable and blatant. Blatant, yes. Good <laughs> um, point. But yeah, it's it's been happening since college sports have been a thing. And so it's going to continue to, you know, it's about time that we started to allow these students to at least get a piece of that pie, even if it does open up potential pitfalls for them as well. Yep, it'll be interesting to track it all. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back on the other side, get to our five minutes of. We'll talk some sake. We'll recap everything going on with the 60 and 60 countdown this week. So plenty to get to ahead right here on the Saturday show. It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Winding down towards the end of the show, but having fun along the way. Now it's time for five minutes of, and of course, we're going to take our weekly staple. And by the way, this is such a brilliant idea. I gave Clint uh, Peterson the credit. He came up with the idea. We're going to get to five minutes of Saki. Take it away, Eric. The falling through the neutral zone. Here's Suzuki. Rounding it back off. And then a nice defensive play made by Brayden Point. Andre Pallott down the left wing. The redirect score. Eric Chernak is the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
service in towards the near post, and it's turned in! Real Salt Lake opening the scoring through Justin Glenn. Simple corner, simple goal. And Salt Lake who hit the front. It's Ayazabal, and that will do it for Spain! through something of an emotional angle. But Spain are through to the semi-finals at Switzerland's expense. It's brutal out here. From him is Jack Grealish playing in there. And now Harry Kane breaks his European dust. And England are in dreamland. They still are going to have a chance here. To tie with the runner right down the middle. Gabranovic. Gabranovic has scored. This time there's no flag. Switzerland mirror Croatia with late heroics. And we're heading for extra time. There you have it. Looking back on the week that was in both soccer and hockey. And Lundy, I actually watched a part of the Canadians. Uh, well, they had an epic run to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> but Tampa Bay has just said, yeah, the run's ending here. Yeah, this is. Uh, I wish that I could say I was surprised. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's. It was a good run, Montreal. You know, I wanted the Habs to win, but I honestly didn't think that they would. And so it's been, uh, yeah. We'll see that come to a close. Monday night is when game four Maybe is. Game four. It should okay. be a sweep for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, if if they don't Ouch. close it out, if they don't close it out on Monday, they'll finish out the gentleman's sweep in game five. What makes Tampa Bay so good? By the way, because of all places, Tampa Bay has the best hockey team in the world. Like, come on now. You know, yeah, they they've just put it together well. You know, the, these past couple of years, you know, and it looked like they might get unseated kind of a little bit early. You know, they didn't finish as dominantly as some people expected. Yeah, but they 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 know when to to turn it on, and that's in the playoffs. And they they're they're going for it. They're gonna. Get a back-to-back Stanley Cup, which is not common. It's 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 tough to do that. Built from the back, too. Best uh, goalie in the league in Andre Vasilevsky, and one of the better defensemen in the league in Victor Hedman. Plus okay. a ton of fu- firepower up front. But this this is kind of how it goes. I think Alex and I know this is you get these teams, and the way the NHL works is it's not like the NBA where teams can last like three or four years or five even sure. with like the Warriors. Like you have a three year window. And this is this is about that for Tampa Bay. They've probably got one more year after this and then the salary cap really starts to constrict in the NHL and we'll we'll see a new person. But it, it actually has been a we have seen a lot of back to back champions within the past twenty years. About five actually and the last one was the Pittsburgh Penguins in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen. Yeah. Sidney Crabby said the kid. It's it's tough to do, but like yeah, like you said, the NHL you don't establish a dynasty very often. 
Gotcha. You know, I mean. And if you do, it lasts for like three years. Because you, you had like the Kings and Blackhawks had mm-hmm. like a shared dynasty, I would say, for right. about four or five years. They were the representatives from the Western Conference. Then it kind of shifted to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were in there. It's been kind of all around for the last few years. And then recently, the Tampa Bay Lightning have right. really. Which, I mean, you take a look at the air quotes dynasties that the NHL has had and mm-hmm. where those teams are now. You know, like the Chicago Blackhawks, not anywhere. You know, I mean, it was a quick fall from, you know, quick rise, quick fall. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings for uh-huh. a long time were considered the powerhouse, you know, and they've been, they've, they disappeared. And, and I mean, you even know. like the Dallas Stars, they were in the finals last year, didn't even make the playoffs this yeah. year. Yeah. You know, I mean, Really gone, sadly, are the days of when you would have, like, you know, the 1980s Edmonton Oilers. Sure. You know, also that, the, the Red Wings of the 90s. Yeah. They, was it 20 straight years they made the playoffs or some such? Something like that. But, you but know, even when they were making the playoffs every year, yeah, they, you know, they were not making deep sure. runs. You used to have kind of dynasties maybe earlier on. I mean, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, yeah, they're back in the Stanley Cup playoffs now. They used to be a dominant program and really haven't been for a long time. So it's there. There is a lot of parity in the league, and so it, it's, you know, congratulations to Stan or to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning mm-hmm. on their inevitable Stanley Cup this year. Uh, I just don't see any way that they could possibly lose more than one game in this, and I don't think that they'll even lose that. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it, it's been fun to see uh, what the Habs have been able to do because they were, were – did you say they were the last, like literally the last team into the playoffs, essentially, Yeah, there's a record? Yeah, the, the, the Montreal Canadiens were basically, you know, for all intents and purposes – it was different this year where it was, you know, kind of four mini brackets instead of two east-west. Um, but, yeah, they were essentially the last seed. They were okay. the final seed. They would have been the eight seed. Jeez. Okay. Well, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Tampa Bay looks like they're on their way. There's no doubt about that. But uh, one, a couple of notes real quick on soccer before we move on to the 60 and 60s that Real Salt Lake is in action tonight. They are hosting LAFC. And most people, I think, when they hear the name LAFC, expect them to be near the top of the standings right now. LAFC is actually behind RSL currently. They just haven't had a really kind of scuttling start to the season. Um, also, as Eric mentioned in my ear, Oh, okay. England is in action in the Euros right now. They're up 1-0, I believe, on Ukraine in the quarterfinals of that tournament. Uh, we'll flip it over to that here in a moment. But Real Salt Lake tonight, very interesting matchup. Uh, by the way, the uniforms that they're wearing tonight, they're calling their Americana uniforms. I got to say, though, I see the uniforms that RSL is going uh, to wear tonight. They have kind of a wavy uh, pattern, like as if it were the, uh, the American flag. All I see when I see it is the New England Revolution who are in yes, MLS. thank you. Like, their logo is what is that. what RSL's wearing tonight. So they're wearing another team's logo. And they're literally all the same. Yeah. They, they released it for every single MLS team. And they That's all what happens when like you have a single England entity uh, ownership like the MLS is built like. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of funny. So uh, that match scheduled for 8 o'clock Mountain Time tonight, LAFC against Real Salt Lake. You can watch it on KMYU, the KSL TV app, or stream it on ESPN+, Plus, depending on where you might be. As I mentioned, England up one nothing currently on Ukraine. The quarterfinals of UEFA Euro 2020. Uh, big opportunity for England, by the way. If they win this, uh, they've been playing a lot of their matches in this tournament at home at Wembley Stadium, which is one of the more famous stadiums in the world. They win this. Guess where the semifinals are at? 
Wembley. They had to go back home and play in front of their home fans. Oh, man. So they're playing in Rome right now. So we'll see what happens. I would expect Ukraine's a decent squad, but England should take care of them in this match. All right, so there you go. Five minutes of with regards to Saki. Now let's talk a little bit about the 60 and 60, your weekly update of where uh, things stand as we count down the top 60 players in the state of Utah. I know you guys did an update last week, so we're kicking off this week our rundown, starting with number 48 in the countdown, Shaq Bond. He is a safety for the Utah State Aggies. I actually quite like Shaq Bond's game. I just feel like he gets overmatched at times because he's he's not the biggest guy in the world. Right. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, he's got a lot of talent, but sometimes, you know, it, it's hard to be – you know, kind of a, a standout if you're getting matched <laughs> against a lot of your team's best, up, up, you know, best wide receivers. If they're really putting those kinds of matchups on you, uh, which he takes from time to time, you know, and so it's it's tough. It's it's tough, but I think that it's I like this ranking for him, number forty-eight, yeah. five foot eleven, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. That's actually quite small for a safety uh, in all reality, but he does a pretty good job overcoming that. I'm with you on that. At number forty-seven. Uh, we get to Devin Kafusi. Very interesting ranking here because Devin, obviously a transfer from BYU to the U, he has now changed positions as well up at Utah. At six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds, I have it on pretty good authority. He weighs more than two seventy currently. He's almost <laughs> tipping three bills now. He's playing defensive tackle now for the University of Utah. Yeah, you know what? And it's it's no surprise to see a lot of University of Utah defensive linemen that'll end up making their way on onto this list. Oh, we got another one coming up here in a moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Devin Kafusi. I'm really excited to see how he, you know, translates to this new position on this new team. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, I think I had him in a relatively similar position on my ballot. So um, I think that this is a great, a great fit. And I think, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of season he has upcoming. It will be interesting because we all know the legacy of especially interior defensive linemen for Utah. It's really rich. A lot of guys going to the next level. Kafusi's mm-hmm. very, very tall. Like I said, 6'7". Yeah. 6'7", six, seven. Six, seven, trying to throw over that in the middle. But we're going to talk about another guy who's pretty tall in the middle for Utah here in a minute. But let's get to number 46 here, Baylor Romney, quarterback for BYU. One of the trio that is competing to replace Zach Wilson. Uh, Baylor's an interesting case here, Lundy, because I think a lot of people expect that Jacob Conover and or Jaron Hall are probably the favorites to win this job. But Baylor Romney, if he wants, if he, let's say he had to pitch the coaching staff at BYU, all he's got to say is, hey, Boise State came in here on a very rainy night when you guys literally were dragging bottom with regards to just availability of players. And by the way, I led him to an upset of Boise State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Mic drop walkout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Baylor Romney has a resume. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's not that he's an unknown coming off the bench. He, he's shown what he can do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's he's getting an opportunity to compete, which he should. And, you know, it's BYU fans should be aware of what he's able to do, because like you said, he's he's gone out and he's done it. And so we'll see if he's able to to show more of that in fall camp and you know really on the on the practice field as well as the playing field 
convince the, the the coaching staff that he deserves a shot. Yeah, amongst the trio that are competing down there, he's got the most playing time. He was the primary backup last year. He played the garbage time minutes when Zach Wilson came out of the game. Uh, he's played plenty in 2019 as well. I like his game. I've talked to some people down there in Provo who say that the biggest thing he has about him is he is unflappable, truly. He gets into a game and he stays level-headed. There's no up or down with him. And it's actually, it's almost infuriating at times because you really wonder if he's uh, being truly passionate about the game. That's just the way he goes about it. He's just a cool cucumber out there on the field. All right, number 45, as we mentioned, another tall uh, interior defensive lineman for the University of Utah, Vianne Mowala, a product of Tafuna High School in American Samoa. I really like Vianne Mowala's game. The biggest thing for him, though, is it's been waiting on him to finally break out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he he, and it, it's really tough to break out on the defensive line at Utah it is. because there's so much depth and so much competition. But like you said, you know, again, height. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you try to imagine him and Devin Kafusi sharing the middle together. Yeah, Kafusi six seven, Vianney Moala six six. Just by virtue of them, you know, getting a hand up even in there at that height already, mm-hmm. opposing quarterbacks aren't going to be able to throw over the middle. Yeah, like you know, and it's not be you know, I mean, Utah has a lot of depth and talent at linebacker, and we'll get to that later down the line in the sixty and sixty. But those linebackers won't even have to play much in as far as pass coverage because there's going to be a lot of batted balls with that kind of height at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it's now or never for Vianney. Yeah, he's a senior this year, so you got to go out and prove it this year. And I'm intrigued by his uh, his abilities on the field because most coaches will tell you that guys who are six six or six five and above playing defensive tackle, it becomes an issue with leverage. Yeah, because, because offensive line will get underneath you. Yeah, they're not able to maintain that low point of. But yeah, it gap is, integrity is right. one of those buzzwords. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I'm I'm intrigued by him. I we'll see what happens. But as you mentioned, the fact that you're gonna have a six foot seven and a six foot six defensive tackle tandem out there, you put your hands up. Yeah, you're pushing nine feet, and all of a sudden the quarterback's like, where am I supposed to throw it here? Yeah. <laughs> so pass protection, it's interesting. Run protection, like you said, because uh, because of the leverage that does kind of raise some some potential flags. Yep. Uh, talking about another guy, our final one this week is Dalton Kincaid, a transfer from the University of San Diego at the FCS level where he was a two-time All-American, truly was too good for that level, in all honesty. Transfers to the University of Utah, has not done a lot so far as a Ute. He's only been there for a year, but I can tell you this much. Knowing the staff up there, they rave about his ability. I'm big. I'm big on this guy. Okay. I, 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 I'm a big fan. When Hans and Scotty were talking about him yesterday, I, I got a little bit hyped. I He runs a 4-5-40, they were saying. Kyle Whittingham thinks that he's one of the more talented tight ends he has on the roster. Uh, you're talking about a roster that holds Brant Keithy, who's likely going to be an NFL guy. Uh, I think that Cole Fotheringham better watch out in camp because I, I think this guy's going to be the number two tight end. Hey, leave Padre Hamon alone. Come on. He just got married. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way, to Chad Fotheringham. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, but like, like you said, I mean, Utah has a lot of skill and depth at the tight end position. Tons. And so, yeah, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Fotheringham, uh, the Brant, Brant Keithy. Uh, like, I mean, right there, that's that's already a very competitive position and a very deep. You know, Utah is going to utilize this tight end position a lot this year. Uh, Andy Ludwig is really going to 
to do a lot with that and you know be prepared to see them use Dalton as well as those other guys in some interesting formations as well where it you know might not even be the, just the true tight end where they act more like an like an H-back mm-hmm. you know or sometimes even a fullback yeah um, we're gonna see I think Dalton on the field a good amount this year he is a very good player I'm gonna make the statement about the tight ends just in state overall the tight end position in the state of Utah might be the deepest position of all positions across all the different universities. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you, Utah goes three deep easily here. And we're not we're, Thomas Yasmin is not even on this list in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You go up to Utah State, Carson Terrell, I really like him. Down at BYU, uh, they go potentially five deep at tight end in terms of guys who can get on the field and contribute. Tight end is just a luxury here in the state of Utah right yeah. now. So. You're going to see a lot of tight end. A lot. Of, they're going to be using multiple formations. And by the way, one thing, Eric, on the whole Brant Keithy thing, it's not he might be. No, he will be in the NFL. Yeah. End of story. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I, this is a very deep position. I can tell you this much. Dalton Kincaid, there's a lot expected of him. I'm excited to finally see him in a bigger role for the University of Utah. All right, we will wrap up the show next. This is the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. <laughs> The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I've come to my senses. And now... An act in three parts. The story of Yach's Friday night. A dramatic Twitter reading. <clears throat> All right, folks. I had raisin canes for the first time. 45-minute wait for entering the line to get my food. Not my jam to wait that long for food of any kind. But I will say, the chicken was good. Fries were trash, though. I'll go again, but will not wait. 45 minutes again for it. Later that evening. Late night, lifting in my basement. Crank up the tunes and let's pump some iron. Later that night. Workout done, but regretting my choice of chicken fingers for dinner as I lay here on the ground. Hey, phrasing! (laughs) Wow. Oh man, well done, Eric. I, like, I had no like you. Uh, wow. Okay. Well done, sir. Eric, you never cease to imp- to impress me. Like it is just remarkable. This this closing segment has turned into one of my favorite things because I never know where he's going with it. I just know that he's taking a shot at somebody. <laughs> and good. It, you know, for once it wasn't me. There, but there you go. That was a. Uh, and I just, oh, man, it does my heart good to always have that song playing as well. Just. Great song. Oh, man, I, I love it. But true story. I did have Raising Cane's for the first time last night. I have been trying to lose some weight and working on things, be eating relatively clean and kind of broke out of that to try Raising Cane's. Been lifting last night. Whew. Yeah. Lifting after a cheat meal is is no joke. It's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it beat me up pretty good. Let's just yeah. put it that way. I usually like, well, and I mean, the past six months have been nothing but cheat meals for me, but <laughs> I, I tend to, uh, you know, if I have a cheat meal, it's followed very shortly after by a nap, and that's how I kind of recover from it. Not a bad idea. I should have done that, honestly. But Raising Cane's, I got to say, pretty good. 
Uh, the the hype I was worried was going to ruin it. I'm a Popeyes me. man through and through. Can't 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 be allowing. <laughs> Popeyes you to. is great. Uh, trust me, I I would probably still pick Popeyes if I were if you. But I I came away from because I trust me, I'm a guy when you hype things up as much as some people can hype things up. It can ruin ruin stuff for me. So yeah, I totally get that. That's that was the movie Inception for me. Oh, there you it, go. Yes. You know, I don't enjoy that movie because everybody hyped it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for this edition of the Saturday Show. It's been a fun show. We've had a lot of fun. It's been, been great. Bouncing from thing to thing to thing. But hey, we'll do it again in a week's time. Um, until then, have a great week. Of course, tune into DJ and PK, Hands and Scotty, and the Big Show throughout the weekday hours here on the Zone. And of course, we'll be back next week right here. On the Saturday. Yeah, smoke them all away. Not drink my